0: to achieve it. Here's your host, Ivory Lanou, renowned angel communicator. Do you want to know more about angels? Are you ready to level up your spiritual journey? Then you are going to love my inner circle and Patreon. Membership includes great benefits like virtual workshops, mentoring programs, topical videos, interesting posts, a supportive, like-minded community, discounted sessions with me, and access to a library of videos and posts on topics you care about like angels, spirituality, healing, and personal growth. Join and begin your spiritual expansion today. That's the Angel Room Inner Circle on Patreon. Welcome. I'm Ivory. So nice to have you here with me today. The Topic today is cherubim. And before I start that, I want to say hello to my listeners in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. I see you. It's like one's telling another and someone's telling somebody else. And now there's a whole group of you listening over there. And thank you so much for being a part of the show. Let's jump right into this. This was actually a topic requested by a listener. And I had actually, I had done a similar show earlier. I'll talk about that at the end of this episode. But I want to start with what are cherubim? They're one of the two highest orders thrones in the angelic realm. Uh, they're up there with seraphim. They are the guardians of the fixed stars, keepers of celestial records. And bestowers of knowledge. In the Talmud, cherubim are equated with the order of wheels, also called Ophanim. And we'll get into why that is. A cherub, or a plural form of cherubim, is a celestial figure frequently referenced in the Bible. In Christian, Jewish, and Islamic literature, the cherubim are angelic winged beings with human, animal, and bird-like attributes who serve as throne bearers of God. Their four faces are ox, lion, man, and eagle. And although Ezekiel in the Bible, when he talks about them, he replaces the face of an ox with the face of a cherub. They move quickly using a wheel within a wheel, and their wings cover their body. And again, later in the show, I decided to do to read to you the entire portion of the Bible where Ezekiel describes seeing the cherubim because it is quite fascinating. Cherubim are described as serving the will of God, performing divine duties in the earthly realm. Their initial responsibility was protecting the Garden of Eden, as referenced in the book of Genesis. The cherubim are angelic beings associated with the worship and praise of God. Cherubim are first introduced in the Bible in Genesis, which reads, After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Before his rebellion and fall from heaven, Satan was a cherub. Isn't that interesting? So he was of the highest order of angels, like right up there with a seraphim. So let's talk about how cherubim show up in religions and texts in various places around the world. Hebrew Bible descriptions of the cherubim emphasize their supernatural mobility, which again, we'll get into in detail and their cultic role as throne bearers of God rather than their intercessory functions. Uh, In Christianity, the cherubim are ranked among the higher orders of angels and as celestial attendants of God continually praise him. There are portions in the Bible that talk about uh, they ceaselessly chant praise to God. In Ismailism, there are seven archangels referred to as cherubim. Cherubim are also mentioned in the second treatise of the great Seth, a third century Gnostic writing. In the Bible, Ezekiel says, I looked and I saw the likeness of a throne of sapphire above the expanse that was over the heads of the cherubim. That is such a tiny portion of this experience, which I'll read to you in a bit. In Ezekiel's vision, they appear as living creatures supporting the throne of God. And from Ezekiel's description of them, they appear to have been compound figures Unlike any real object in nature, artificial images possess several animal features and properties. Interestingly, two large-sized olive cherubim were constructed and placed next to the Ark of the Covenant in the temple. The Bible reads, in the inner sanctuary, he made two cherubim of olive wood, each ten cubits high. I'm not sure how high that is. He put the cherubim in the innermost part of the house. The wings of the cherubim were spread out so that a wing of one was touching one wall and a wing of the other cherub was touching the other wall. Their other wings toward the center of the house were touching wing to wing. I imagine they were enormous. If anybody knows how big a cubit is, please weigh in. Ezekiel speaks of four and this number of living creatures is mentioned in Revelation. Those on the ark are called the cherubim of glory, or cloud of glory, for on them the visible glory of God rested. They were placed at each end of the mercy seat, with wings stretched upward, and their faces toward each other and toward the mercy seat. They were anointed with holy oil, like the ark and other sacred furniture. In some instances in the Bible, they seem to be connected to God's judgment and redemption of humanity. Cherubim appear in several books of the Bible, including Genesis, Ezekiel, Kings, and Revelation. So as I was reading through all of this, it's been a while since I had, and and it was just like mind-blowing to me. It was almost like I'd never read it before. Ezekiel's experience with a cherubim is quite profound. So his vision is detailed and fascinating. Keep in mind that he was struggling to describe something he had never seen before, something so awe-inspiring and overwhelming that it must have been difficult to put into words. Um, it's sort of like if a caveman saw a rocket, how would he describe that? you know what or a car? How would he even describe that? So I will share with you now the entire passage from the Bible about Ezekiel's encounter with cherubim in Ezekiel's words. As I looked, behold, a storm wind was coming from the north, a great cloud with fire flashing forth continually and a bright light around it. And in its mist, something like glowing metal in the midst of the fire Within it, there were figures resembling four living beings, and this was their appearance. They had human form. Each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, and their feet were like a calf's hoof, and they gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings, on their four sides, were human hands. As for the faces and wings of the four of them, Their wings touched one another. Their faces did not turn when they moved. Each went straight forward. As for the form of their faces, each had the face of a man. All four had the face of a lion on the right and the face of a bull on the left. And all four had the face of an eagle. Such were their faces. Their wings were spread out above. Each had two touching another being and two covering their bodies, and each went straight forward. Wherever the spirit was about to go, they would go, without turning as they went. In the midst of the living beings, there was something that looked like burning coals of fire, like torches darting back and forth among the living beings. The fire was bright, and lightning was flashing from the fire. And the living beings ran to and fro like bolts of lightning. Now as I looked at the living beings, behold, there was one wheel on the earth beside the living beings for each of the four of them. The appearance of the wheels and their workmanship was like sparkling barrel, and all four of them had the same form, their appearance and workmanship being as if one wheel were within another. Whenever they moved, They moved in any of their four directions without turning as they moved. As for their rims, they were lofty and awesome, and the rims of all four of them were full of eyes round about. Whenever the living beings moved, the wheels moved with them. And whenever the living beings rose from the earth, the wheels rose also. Whenever the spirit was about to go, they would go in that direction. And the wheels rose close behind them for the spirit of the living beings was in the wheels. Whenever those went, these went and whenever those stood still, these stood still. And whenever those rose from the earth, the wheels still rose close beside them for the spirit of the living beings was in the wheels. Now over the heads of the living beings, there was something like an expanse, like the awesome gleam of crystal, spread out over their heads. Under the expanse, their wings were stretched out straight, one toward the other. Each one also had two wings covering its body on the one side and on the other. I also heard the sound of their wings, like the sound of abundant waters as they went, like the voice of the Almighty a sound of tumult, like the sound of an army camp. Whenever they stood still, they dropped their wings. And there came from a voice from above the expanse that was over their heads. Now above the expanse that was over their heads, there was something resembling a throne, like lapis lazuli in appearance. And on that which resembled a throne high up was a figure with the appearance of a man, Then I noticed from the appearance of his loins and upwards something like glowing metal that looked like fire all around within it. And from the appearance of his loins and downward, I saw something like fire and there was a radiance around him. As the appearance of the rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the surrounding radiance. Such was the appearance appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell on my face and heard a voice speaking. Then I looked and behold, in the expanse that was over the heads of the cherubim, something like a sapphire stone in appearance resembling a throne appeared above them. And he spoke to the man clothed in linen and said, enter between the whirling wheels under the cherubim and fill your hands with coals of fire from between the cherubim and scatter them over the city and he entered in my sight. Now the cherubim were standing on the right side of the temple when the man entered, and the cloud filled the inner court. Then the glory of the Lord went up from cherub to the threshold of the temple, and the temple was filled with a cloud, and the court was filled with the brightness of the glory of the Lord. Moreover, the sound of the wings of the cherubim was heard as far as the outer court, like the voice of God Almighty when he speaks. It came about when he commanded the the man clothed in linen, saying, Take fire from between the whirling wheels, from between the cherubim. He entered and stood beside a wheel. Then the cherub stretched out his hand from between the cherubim to the fire which was between the cherubim, took some and put it into the hands of the one clothed in linen, who took it and went out. The cherubim appeared to have the form of a man's hand under their wings. Then I looked, and behold, four wheels beside the cherubim, one wheel beside each cherub. And the appearance of the wheels was like the gleam of a Tarshish stone. As for their appearance, all four of them had the same likeness, as if one wheel were within another wheel. When they moved... They went in any of their four directions without turning as they went, but they followed in the direction which they faced, without turning as they went. Their whole body, their backs, their hands, their wings, and the wheels were full of eyes all around, the wheels belonging to all four of them. The wheels were called in my hearing the whirling wheels, and each one had four faces, the first face was the face of a cherub. The second was the face of a man. The third, the face of a lion and the fourth, the, fourth, the face of an eagle. Then the cherubim rose up. They are the living beings that I saw by the river Kabar. Now, when the cherubim moved, the wheels would go beside them. Also, when the cherubim lifted up their wings to rise from the ground, the wheels would not turn from beside them. Then the glory of God departed, of the Lord departed from the threshold of the temple and stood over the cherubim. When the cherubim departed, they lifted their wings and rose up from the earth in my sight with the wheels beside them. And they stood still at the entrance of the east gate of the Lord's house and the glory of the God of Israel hovered above them. These are the living beings that I saw beneath the God of Israel by the river Kabar, so I knew that they were cherubim. Each one had four faces and each one had four wings and beneath their wings was the form of human hands. I think of, of Ezekiel seeing a sight that is just so mind-blowing, so out of in the ordinary, out of anything, anyone he knows has seen, anything he's heard of, and trying to put into words that he could understand, trying to make sense of what he saw. And so, I can understand how difficult that would be, and it's good to sort of read that passage and think about take take his interpretation out of it and just imagine the the fact of what he's seeing. Um, it's very interesting. It's just I've thought about this a lot since I was in seventh grade and first read uh, in detail about this, and I think I was just old enough then to really understand what I was reading and it's really um, intrigued me since. I want to talk about cherubim as being symbols. Some people do see them as angelic beings, while other people see them as only symbolic figures. Some believe the cherubim were intended to represent spiritual existence in immediate contact with Jehovah God. Some have regarded them as symbolical of the Chief ruling power by which God carries on his operations and providence. Others interpret cherubim as having reference to the redemption of man and as symbolizing the great rulers or ministers of the church. There's a lot of other opinions. We're not going to go to each one of those today, but there's a lot of opinions. You know, there's for thousands of years, there have been discussion, interpretation, reinterpretation, arguments dissent about the Bible, the contents. And I'm sure that's true of, of other religious texts as well. Uh, we're always curious. We weren't there when it happened. So, you know, we're curious about it. So what is the relation of cherubim to humans? The cherubim and seraphim have special prayers for sick people, which are used as a form of faith healing. And these prayers are led by leaders of the church. While the sick person kneels in the middle of a circle, if they are able. Um, I was trying to look up to see about modern sightings of cherubim. And I really didn't find anything. Uh, I had uh, found some things about people seeing a seraphim, which as much as I love angels, I do not really want to see a seraphim. I think that would be kind of scary, even though they're beautiful and they're extremely high frequency. Um, You'll have to go back and, and listen to about that one. So there really haven't been, there's not a whole lot online about recent sightings of of, uh, cherubim. So cherubim names from scripture, um, these are some angelic figures from the Bible that are mentioned as being cherubim. One is Archangel Gabriel, so he is cherubim. Lucifer before his fall from grace. It makes it even more of a betrayal and tragic when one of the highest two levels of angels falls from grace, turns their back on God. Um, Archangel Raphael, the great healer, is also cherubim. And Rick the prince of the wheels of the Merkaba. There's others, but these are the ones I thought that you might actually have heard of, recognized. Rick probably being the, the least of those. I hope that you enjoyed learning about the cherubim, that I provided some new pieces of information, got you thinking um, wondering and what your appetite to learn more. As I said, this, this particular topic, um, and going on with the orders of angels was requested by a listener. And I appreciate that. I told you I'd get around to this one. This was actually the second in my series about angelic orders. Uh, some time ago I did an episode about seraphim. You can go back and find that on my, the podcast platform or on my YouTube channel. And uh, listen to that one. And again, that's the other highest order in the angelic realm. So I hope that this has been interesting for you. (laughs) I love looking into this, I love finding new information and thinking about these topics again. Of course, angels are of great interest to me. And since you're here with me at the angel room, I imagine they're of great interest to you as well. Tune in next Sunday. The topic is the healing power of nature. I am going to be talking about specifically how nature can be so extremely healing, how it comes into play in angelic messages frequently. And I also want to talk about some of the times that I and people I know have seen and taken pictures of angels in nature. And that ties in with the topic. So We'll be discussing that next week, and I look forward to that topic. And in the meantime, may your angels surround you. May your angels protect you every moment, every day of your life. I'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Angel Room with Ivory Sunday at noon Arizona time for another enlightening episode.